Afternoon, everybody. Taking a little reprieve here from the MLB content that Terry and I have been putting out today. We're going to talk some NBA over at No House Advantage. No House Advantage prop-based DFS contest. If you are signing up at No House Advantage for the first time, use the promo code OSMO. Get yourself a $25 bonus on your first deposit. And right here, we're going to help you walk through some of the best props that you could pick to build your player card over at NHA. And, you know, usually for these playoff games or play-in games, there isn't that much to talk about because typically teams play their best guys. It's a playoff scenario. Not the case for today because we just found out. Not just, but uh, an hour or so ago, Paul George is not going to be playing today. He is now in the health and safety protocols. This news kind of came out of nowhere, Terry. How is it going to impact today's game? I have a feeling that's going to lead to the Clippers not advancing for one thing, um, taking their best player out of the equation here. That's a big, big hit for this team. So it's definitely going to lead to us liking some of these props that we might not have necessarily had our eyes on uh, when the morning started when we thought Paul George was going to play. But yeah, overall, most impactful. I think that's just going to uh, lead to a Clippers loss here and not getting them into the playoffs. So it's going to be very interesting there, but it definitely thrusts you know a guy like Reggie Jackson to the top of the board in terms of some of these overs, gives Zubac a nice little kick in terms of some of these overs. Um, so definitely a couple that we can attack just based on that news alone in terms of what's at the top of the board here for us uh, on No House. Uh, there's, there's definitely some nice opportunities around this Clippers team now. Yeah, and let's start also by telling people that this doesn't mean you go out and you play unders on Paul George in your prop card because those right. will get you zero <laughs> points. That's uh, it's, it's the same as playing somebody in DFS that doesn't play. It gets you zero fantasy points. So the way that No House Advantage works, you build your prop cards out, you label it with a confidence interval, and whatever you label is the highest number, you get that amount of points if the prop hits. And now we're going to really want to load up on some of these Clipper props, just not Paul George. And then something else I should point out here is you can only pick one prop from each player. So a lot of Reggie Jackson props look good. You can't take the overs on every single Reggie Jackson prop. And then also, these numbers stay the same. So whatever they were set at yesterday for the contest, it's still the same today. It's not like the numbers move along. So this is why there's so much value on the Clippers on NHA today because we've got players like Reggie Jackson, you mentioned Zubats there, who are now going to be in a spot where they're going to see increased run, increased usage, increased ball handling duties, all of that. So this is the team we're going to want to build our cards around. We want to load up on the Clippers, and this is why I'm starting with them. And Reggie Jackson is the one who projects the best for us in some of our uh, NHA projections over at Osmo.com. Reggie Jackson over on assists, over on points plus rebounds plus assists, over on points plus assists. But since we can only take one of them, Terry, which one are you most confident in? So, I mean, just going by Alex's numbers at the top of the board, we've got some that are, you know, very much the same. Like you're saying, uh, the 85% to an 84% and uh, change percent, not really a lot of difference. This is all based on a big uptick in minutes from what Reggie Jackson typically averages. He averaged 31.2 minutes over this entire course of the season. Playoff environment, we've got him projected for a 38.1-minute night tonight. Uh, his season-long assist mark in those uh, in that 31 minutes was 4.8 assists, which puts him right at the line of four and a half tonight. Giving the fact that we're giving him like seven extra minutes, potentially 10 extra minutes, a, he could trip over the sideline and still rack up an additional two assists here. So absolutely love the assists one, but I think they're all on the board. Like the points plus assists is going to be there based on a little bit of an uptick use in, uh, in usage 
Uh, he jumps to 28.8% with no Paul George for, across the entire course of the season. It's not a massive jump. He was a 27.3% usage player, but there's a little bit more in terms of, uh, of shots available for him. And he's already averaging a 16.8 uh, real points per game. So with the points plus assists, that's a 21.6. We have a line of 20 and a half, and we're giving him again six to 10 more minutes. He should coast through any one of these. Pick your favorite and go with it. Vary them on different cards if you're putting in multiple entries. But yeah, Reggie is uh, firmly at the top of the board here tonight. Yeah, so for me, let me let me know if you think this logic follows with you, Terry. I think there's a number of ways Reggie Jackson could have a big game today. He might have to dish out a bunch of assists. He could have to score. But I'm pretty sure he's going to have a big game relative to what our expectations would have been yesterday when these lines are set. Therefore, I like the points plus rebounds plus assists. The most just because it's, you know, it's different avenues. If you just take the over on assists, it's it's reasonable to think he has a game where it's like, hey, they really needed Reggie Jackson's score. He scores 25 real life points, but only dished out three assists because he didn't have any teammates that were capable of creating shots or anything like that for themselves. So I feel like if we go with points plus rebounds plus assists, you're just getting Reggie Jackson as a whole from the production where I'm not necessarily sure that individually it's going to be the assists or going to be the points but I'm pretty confident that it's going to be all of them put together. So I think that's what offers the least amount of variance. I think that line of thinking makes sense. We just be more inclined to be like, Hey, we have the assist projected slightly higher. Therefore that's the best one. No, I do like that line of thinking. Uh, that's something that Aton and I have talked about a bunch of times on these shows, uh, you know, through the course of the season is sometimes by giving a guy a little bit more to do or more, uh, more avenues to reach the score that we need, you're gaining a little bit of ground in the probabilities and it covers outcomes like what you're talking about, where he's going to have to do a lot if they're going to be in contention in this game. Um, so yeah, he could go out there and just have a night where he's focusing on scoring. And to your point, you're covering all avenues with this. So you can get in the aggregate. Is he likely to go out there and rack up a, a nine rebound game and get there that way? No, but he does average 3.6 rebounds in that 31.2 minutes a game. So if you give him a few additional minutes, maybe he grabs five rebounds and maybe that additional rebound is what puts you over the top there. So absolutely. The idea of covering it, especially when it comes at essentially the same probability makes a ton of sense. Any one of those I'm totally fine with, um, you know, by that same notion, since it is mostly focused around points plus assists, maybe that leads me more to the points plus assists over the assists alone, over the points alone, just by based on that same idea, like we can get there this way or we can get there that way or through, you know, getting both of them. Um, but any one of those top three is perfectly, perfectly fine for me here. Um, I would probably shy away from going down to like the points plus rebounds with as much consistency, it's fine. Like it seems very likely that he's going to hit that one as well, but you're losing a little bit of probability and you're giving him, you're giving him something to do in what he doesn't necessarily do well. So we'd be looking for him to mostly get to that one on the points. Um, so I just like to give him, you know, the, the opportunities to do what he does well on the floor. All right. And let's start to talk about some of the other players from the Clippers that also benefit. I know you kind of uh, rattled off the names at the top when you mentioned Ivica Zubats. I can't remember if you had Nick Batum in that mix or not, but he's also somebody who would certainly benefit. Uh, who are the other players from the Clippers that you really want to focus props on? Because, you know, like Marcus Morris looks good, but I think there's going to be better players we could get to from the Clippers relative to these numbers. So, what are the other Clippers players that you really do want to build your cards around? Yeah, it really does land. Zubach is right there looking at a points plus assists of just 11 and a half for Zubach. 
It's a guy that averaged 10.3 real NBA points in 24.4 minutes, and we're giving him a 29.7-minute projection tonight. So he's there on the points alone, basically. When we add on the assists, yeah, it's a low assist average, 1.6 in his 24.4 minutes. But again, if we're giving him 30 minutes tonight, no reason to expect that he shouldn't be able to rack that up. We've got him projected for a 15.21. I actually like him to maybe go a little bit beyond that, just with, you know, again, a guy who's just going to have to do more if this team's going to compete. So I I could definitely see that uh, that one coming through for uh, for Zubac here. He goes to a 19.2% usage mark uh, with no Paul George on the court. That's up from 16.8% usage on the season. So it's definitely on the table there for him in terms of a few additional shots. In this scenario, I definitely think he can cruise through those lines. Batum is interesting on the board, but he's already dropping you down into like the mid 70s. And as we're filling these cards out, we get picks from you know all all, uh, all four teams, and we're going to have other items in the in the you know both the overs and the unders that are in the 80s, the 90s. So we maybe don't necessarily need to go down to the Batum one. But if you're looking at that points plus assist for Batum, nine and a half seems perfectly reasonable there. It's again just minutes driven. Right, a guy who averages 8.3 real life points in 24.8 uh, minutes is going to be playing at least 30 minutes tonight. I could see a clear path for Batum getting much more than that. Um, should be able to coast through that just on the uh, by virtue of being on the court. Um, so I have no issues with going to the Batum points plus assists or the PRA. The PRA might actually be interesting there, just giving him you know things that he does on the court and giving him uh, plenty of time to do it. He averages a 14.3 PRA in 24.8 minutes, uptick in minutes. 14.5 line. The line is set for his normal uh, production, and that's not what he's going to be giving us tonight. So that one definitely makes sense to me too. Yeah, and there's one thing you said here that that I really want to uh, touch on as well, which is there are these players from the Clippers that look really good that we want to load up on, but I think there's a lot of players that just don't have their roles being projected properly in NHA. So as a result, like Chetty Osmond has a really significant, or, or not really significant, but inflated prop number. Same with somebody like a Devontae Graham, guys that we would expect to play less roles in such a high leverage game. So as a result, there's a lot of unders that look really good that aren't going to be impacted by some of these injury news. So that's something else that we're going to have to talk about as we go on. And the other reason why, you know, in the chat right now, we've got Josh Gillum saying Marcus Morris night. Yeah, it could be. I think the Marcus Morris props, if you were to ask me to take a side of them, all, the overs all look like they're reasonable. They don't look as good as some of the other numbers we have on the board that we're going to be talking about next. And some of them are going to come from the other side of the Clippers game, which is against the New Orleans Pelicans, who they were kind of up against it to make the playoffs. Not that they were significant underdogs, but like four and a half points or something like that before the Paul George news broke. Now they're slight favorites for today. But there is one guy that really stands out to me and that's Devontae Graham, just because if you look at the minutes that he played last game, they weren't all that significant. It's now a playoff game or playoff atmosphere, so we have a good idea of what these guys' roles are going to look like. He played seven minutes last game. I don't see a real reason for that to change today. You know, maybe he plays 10 or something like that. But Devontae Graham isn't all of a sudden going to be a guy that's like, oh, we need 30 minutes out of Devontae Graham now. And his numbers are still fairly high over on NHA. We've got the points plus rebounds plus assists for Devontae Graham is at 16 and a half. The points plus assists is 13 and a half. Terry, when you see that Graham played seven minutes last game, what does that make you feel about these props that are listed for Graham? 
it makes me feel pretty confident in these unders. Uh, I tell you, when we sort by the unders, you're looking at Graham at the top of the board with hundreds, 99 percenters coming in. Chetty Osman, like you mentioned, right there with him with hundreds and 99s. And this is why I didn't want to go too deep in uh, the way that you you know brought us into this. I didn't want to go too deep into some of those overs on the Clippers that were in the 75% range because we've got so many good options here to work with. Speaking of the Clippers, Terrence Mann is also on this uh, high end of the unders. Uh, he's at an 18 and a half PRA. We've got him projected at 10.6 he averaged 28.6 minutes uh per game for the season we've got him projected for 16.2 so there's a definite downturn same idea just significantly lower minutes and the prop is not adjusted for it so on the clipper side terrence Mann makes a ton of sense there and then the Devonte graham one absolutely looks like a smash spot we've got graham projected for 10 minutes tonight he averaged 28.4 minutes for the season that's where this line comes from at 16 and a half in the 28.4 minutes, his PRA was an 18.4 average. So they were shaving it down a little, expecting him to play less than uh, maybe the 28.4, but they didn't go nearly far enough in that. So that one is an absolute smash. Unless somebody gets hurt and Graham ends up, ends up playing the you know a, a significant portion of this game, that one should absolutely come in. So either the points plus assist or the, points, uh, the PRA, either one of those, absolutely fine with. If you wanted to take the points on its own, that one's at 98%. So, I mean, you're not really downgrading your card if you drop down to the points alone. Yeah. It, so for our projections, just um, I'll give out the information to people. We have the points plus rebounds plus assists, the under hitting 100% of the time. That's good. Points plus assists hitting 99.98% of the time. And like you said, the points hitting 98.9% of the time. I feel pretty good that these are going to be some unders that are hit. Like, here's what has to happen for it to be the over. Somebody has to get hurt. Yeah. Right. Like something or, or like CJ McCollum has to get COVID next and then he's out of the game and Graham starts like sh short of that. These, these numbers are going to be on the uh, on the under in all likelihood. It's inflated at most. I've, I've Graham project for less than 10 minutes. So I, I think that's something else to consider is that I think that even with all these numbers, we, we might even be too bullish on Devontae Graham, in my opinion, because he played seven minutes last game. I have him for eight today. We have him for 10. So uh, in, in, in that in that uh, thought process. Take yeah, unders on Devontae Graham, load up. Is, is there anything else from this team that really stands out or any other talking points you have when it comes to the NHA props? Um, let me look around the board. I was just going to chime in with, the, with Graham with the minutes that he did see. Yeah. It was just like it was you know a little bit of a stint tucked into the back of the first quarter and a little bit of a stint tucked into the back of the third. Didn't play at all in the second or the fourth quarters that last time out. So, yeah, I, I think that's a sharp call in terms of the minutes. And uh, you might be right. You might see less than 10 again. Um, looking around the board here, let's see. Let me sort by team here yeah and while you're doing that we uh once again josh in the chat had said that uh alvarado closed last game maybe graham is in the doghouse or maybe he's just not very good and uh jose alvarado is better i think i think that's really what the case is here is Devonte graham isn't a isn't a good defensive player on offense all he really provides is high volume shooting at low efficiency even when to the the point that uh uh iod in our YouTube chat said that Graham hasn't been the same since Charlotte. I mean, he just had more usage available to him when he was with Charlotte. It's not like he was great. He just was able to take a lot of shots because the team wasn't any good. But now he's just on a team that's actually competing and they just have guys that do the same thing as him, but much better. And Alvarado is an elite individual defender. There's, have you seen the meme with, with him uh, stealing? Have you seen how he played out? Like, yeah, I so he does seen, all these weird things. He does all these weird things on inbound passes where he kind of tries to like hide in the backcourt mm -hmm. and then he runs behind people and tries to knock the ball away. 
And there's sometimes also will kind of hide out of bounds and then jump into play and knock balls away. So he, he gets steals in kind of weird, creative ways. But yeah. uh, somebody somebody had made this video where it's like he's he's camouflaged, he's, he's invisible, and then he just appears and steals the ball. There's another one where somebody's dribbling underneath the basket and he falls from like underneath the – like he's hiding on top of the backboard and he, he jumps down that. and steals the ball. <laughs> the point being, though, is he's, he's a very good defensive player in unusual ways, and he just he just brings more to the Pelicans – than what uh than what Graham brings so th- that's the real reason I think we're seeing Alvarado get those minutes over Graham but uh, what was the other what, what were the other points you want to bring up when it came to the uh, Pelicans if any um just poking around the board here we're already kind of dropping down into the uh high 70s it's it's funny we don't have anything in the 80s we go hundreds and high 90s down uh, immediately it skips the 80s and goes to uh Brandon Ingram points plus assists at an 80 percent 79.59 percent to come in under. I don't know that I want to chase that one, but maybe the Larry Nance ones, just based on, again, you know, kind of a a downturn in uh, potential minutes, uh, looking at what we've got in projected 15.2 versus a 22.6 minute average. If you need to dabble in the 70 percenters as you go through the probabilities on our site, I don't really mind that one. Nance didn't play a significant run last time, uh, 14 minutes overall. Played a stint in each quarter, but not significant enough minutes that is really going to concern me here. So I think I don't think there's a chance that he's pushing out to that uh, you know the mid 20s in minutes. As long as he stays tempered uh, around where we've got him projected, I think we're pretty uh, pretty likely to come in under on those. Yeah, and also. Because I mean, we've got we've got two games to talk. I've got some time, and Josh is posting because he thinks that Graham is better than Alvarado. No, he isn't. I mean, Graham is Graham is a high volume shoot first player who shot thirty four percent from three this year. That's not great. He hasn't played defense either. Whereas you look at Jose Alvarado, who's you know legitimately has a chance to be a future All NBA defensive player. I know that he wasn't a drafted rookie, but so what. That's in the past. It doesn't that doesn't mean anything for your future? Like, how often will we see players who just kind of stick around because it's like, oh, look, he was he was a highly regarded draft pick, therefore he's going to keep getting run. It doesn't necessarily always mean anything. And then also, as you go towards the end of the season, you know, Alvarado was starting to play more than Graham down the stretch of the season. Uh, in the in the last what was it ten games of the season, Alvarado was averaging more minutes per game. So. If Graham made more shots and played defense, he'd probably be in the rotation, but not that's not been the case. Uh, let's move on yes, to if, the... If he was a good player, he'd <laughs> yeah. in the rotation, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That really checks out. And it makes sense, too, just from the idea that like they know what they've got in him. They can throw him out there if they need that heat check game. And hey, if it's a game where a couple of the shots are going down, maybe he has the heat check game, sees a few additional minutes, but you get more versatility, more utility out of a guy like Alvarado for sure. All right, let's move on to the second of two games on the slate that we have to talk about. But first, if you guys are not aware, the USFL starts this weekend, and we have projections up on the site. We've got Matt Kajewski's been putting them together. He's also going to be doing some other content that you guys should be checking out. We have the link below in the description box if you guys want to sign up for our USFL uh, package. It's just $14.95. You'll get access to all of our projections and everything else, see what the league's about. I assume that's going to be a massive advantage to have because – who, who knows that much about USFL? I know I don't. Terry, I don't want to speak for you, but I assume you don't. Sure, shit, no, Tyler doesn't know anything about the USFL. <laughs> but Matt Gajewski, who's been in the lab, who knows these things? Yeah, Matt's got knowledge on everything. I remember doing like NFL Showdown live before locks with them. 
And he, he knows who every single player, he knows who every special teams are is on every single team where somebody gets ruled out and he just knows like, Oh, here's the seventh wide receiver on the team. He's going to play three snaps today. So Matt dives into these things. He knows the ins and outs of all of it. So I'm sure he's coming up with good projections for USFL and you get access to that. If you're going to be playing USFL DFS this weekend, are you going to, are you going to dive into that at all? I might dabble, you know, it'll be sitting there. It'll be, uh, it'll be calling my name. And the fact that we've got projections, like you're saying, it's going to be such a leg up over the field. We're going to have the fantasy cruncher plans launch knock on wood uh, in the next little bit here today. So yeah, we're going to have a nice little edge in that at least early on. So yeah, I think I'll probably at least throw a couple darts in it. What the hell. Is it yeah, safe to uh, say Greg, been... that Matt Gajeski is the rain man of college football and its knowledge? Like just you name it, he knows it. No, it's no, kind of, all it's football. Kind of terrifying. All football. Oh, all football, yeah. not just yeah. not just college That's football. True. That's true. College football, NFL, league, USFL. League, all of it. <laughs> XFL. I don't, I don't think either of those are even around anymore. <laughs> XFL, yeah, XFL, a couple kids, a couple kids are throwing the football around in the park. He knows what's going on. He's pricing them <laughs> and figuring out where the best value is. Yeah, he's he's on top of all of it. Uh, so, uh, in terms of uh, Matt's football knowledge, pretty unmatched. He's doing drafts, bios for for stuff. I don't know how he knows all these players. Like college people who really know college sports, it it, it just really amazes me because there's like 700 teams to know. It, it's too much. It's, it's it's too much for me. Too much. I, I've never in my life had space in my head for college sports. I, I enjoy them. I like watching them. I watch the big, you know, the tournament and the big championship games and everything for football, the big bowl games. But to follow it actively has just never fit in my head. I didn't go to a big school. So, like, I always felt like maybe if I had done that, I got accepted at like Clemson. So, if I had gone to Clemson, maybe now I'd be a big, you know, Clemson uh, booster. But yeah, just never had the, uh, the headspace for it. But All always right. amazed by the guys that do. At this point, for football, for me, I'm amazed by people who know the names of just regular defensive players mm-hmm. on the field. Like I'm just so hyper focused on offense because of fantasy that but even defensive players in the NFL go by the wayside for me. You know what I think should be the barometer of somebody if they really know football? Ask them for their opinion on a team's offensive line and like who the players are. If they know that information, they probably yeah. know their uh, they probably know their stuff, right? Yeah. I think. Do you think that's a fair barometer? For sure. For sure. And you're focusing in on like one of the most important and under disgusting. Like that's why my giants have been so God awful for the past five years, half a decade or so is because that offensive line, once those guys moved out, they never replaced them with a stout offensive line. And it's just, you can't do anything else. So yeah, that's a, that's a focus and uh, definitely something that, you know, is an indicator of whether somebody knows what they're talking about or not. All right, let's hit on the second of two games on the slate. And this one's going to be, a little bit less talking point just because we just had, when it came to the Clippers and Pelicans, all of that news on the Clippers with Paul George being out. So from the Hawks, there is a little bit of a news item here because Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable to play. He got a little bit banged up in the last game. My assumption is that he plays. It's an ankle sprain. I think he's going to go out and try to gut it out and play through it. Uh, so I'm not massively concerned. I believe he went through shoot around earlier. Uh, the matchup against the Cleveland Cavaliers may be a little more difficult than what it's been in, in recent games because Jared Allen's back in the mix and he's so valuable for them on the defensive end. But for the Hawks, let's assume for all intents and purposes that Bogdanovich is in. If that's the case, which Hawks props stand out to you, if any? Let's see. Sorting by the under. Doesn't look like we've got a ton in the very top. The guy who jumps to mind here is Dellen Wright. I'm just looking for where his top one is. Yeah, the PRA on Dylan Wright, it, uh, it's a 11 and a half line. We've got him projected at 8.24 with a 93% probability of coming in under. 
Um, we've got him at a 16.9 minute projection tonight versus his 18.9 minute average for the season. And he's only put up a 9.7 PRA on the average. So shaving a couple of minutes off. If you get Bogdanovich potentially limited, maybe he picks up a couple of those additional minutes, but they do have a lot of different ways they could go with that. So I'm not a hundred percent sure it would go to him in a playoff situation. It probably would. And he does have the scoring acumen. He's got the ability to get there, but just based on what we're seeing right now and based on how the numbers are falling at 93%, that one really, you can't ignore off the top of the card there. So I think that one's a pretty decent play from the unders, unless we get news that would change the situation. Looking down the board though, the, that's not really a lot of, uh, of standout Hawk spots that I'm, uh, that I'm noticing here. Yeah. And then I, I do think this is the weakest team to target when you look at all the props and the numbers that are available. Uh, but one other thing that I'm going to, uh, point out, uh, too, when it comes to these is that if you, uh, uh, build a card now, you don't have to change it. You, you can change it. I mean, it doesn't get locked in. So, cause you had said maybe something changes, like let's say Bogdanovich gets ruled out and then we go, oh my God, now this massively changes the minutes projections for some of these guys. It's, it's not like prop betting where you're locked into that. You could just go in, it's a DFS lineup. You could edit it and change the players around. So don't be too concerned about entering a lineup early and being like, oh no, what do I do if somebody gets ruled in or somebody gets ruled out? We're good. We're covered. You could change your lineup if Bogdanovich was to get ruled out. But is there anything that does stand out to you with potential over you would like from Atlanta if Bogdanovich wasn't to play? Not the highest probabilities on the board in terms of who's up there right now. I'm trying to look down to see if there's any that would significantly change. Like if you wanted to go to, to uh, the Danilo Gallinari ones, maybe we see a little bit more uh, run for Danilo. We've got him projected at 29.9 minutes. He averaged 25.3 for the season. So we've got him out ahead of his, uh, his minutes average for the season. In that last spot, he played right around what we've got him projected for, 29 and change minutes. Um, but that was with Bogdanovich playing. So if you get no Bogdan, there could be a few additional minutes. Maybe you grab the threes. We've are, we already like it at 65% with this situation right now. We've got him projected for 1.97. The line is one and a half. Didn't look on an already capable three-point shooter. So I don't mind that one. His PRA one is also on the board, 65% right now. Um, looking at it, 18 and a half. That seems reasonable uh, for PRA. He had a 17.9 min, uh, average in 25.3 minutes. Like I said, we're already giving him an additional like three, four or five minutes. And if Bogdan doesn't play, then maybe he sees a little bit more than that. So I think the PRA is also potentially chasing if you get the worth chasing, if you get that news in the current configuration of the game, if you needed an over from this one, it would probably be either the Clint Capella rebounds or the Trey Young assists for me. I would just look to grab one of those individual categories. We've got them both squeaking by on both of those. They're not great. They're in the 71% range, but I think there's enough there. Um, again, playoff situation, expecting plenty of minutes for these guys and plenty of focus for these guys. I think they get there. So those would be my choices from the top end, but they're not great as compared to some of those 90 percenters that we had uh, on the unders with other teams. All right, so let's close this out now by talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And there's some unders that look good here. The reason being is that Jared Allen is now expected to play. So Jared Allen, who fractured his finger, had the chance to get surgery, which would have ended his season. He didn't want to do that. So instead, he just let it heal on his own to see what would happen. He's finally ready to play. He has not played since March 6th. So about a month and a half, month and change since Jared Allen was last in the rotation for the Cavs. He's going to start today in all likelihood, start at center. As a result, some players like a Chetty Osmond kind of get pinched from the rotation and plays a much smaller role, but his numbers are still a little bit inflated. So with that in mind, 
Do you like these unders for Shetty? Because they're rated now pretty good. I mean, it's difficult to ignore something that we've got rated at 100% probability of fitting, right? Um, We've got Chetty projected for 7.8 minutes. He averaged 22.1 minutes for the course of the season, and this PRA is set roughly against what he did on the average. uh, 14.9 PRA average for him for the season. The line is 13.5. Um, it's a situation where unless Jared Allen goes out, starts the game, cannot continue for some reason, and Chetty sees a ton of minutes that we're not expecting here, I think even if we're not calling it firmly 100%, say he sees 12 minutes instead of the eight that we've got him projected for, we're still calling it in the you know low to mid-90s here. So you'd need a lot of happenstance for these Chetty ones not to hit. I'm fine with going to the PRA, fine with going to the points plus assist. The points alone, any one of them, is very strong at, uh, at a plus 90% rate of hitting. Yeah. And once again, there's reason to it. Why is he projected for less minutes? Why are his numbers so inflated on, on NHA? Because Jared Allen was out. Now Jared Allen's back. That's less minutes. They're going to be going to Chetty. Uh, is there anything else from the Cavs that stands out? If, if not, uh, we're, we've, we've covered all the teams. The Rondo one looks like it makes some sense too. It's the same kind of a situation. We've got him projected at 9.7 minutes tonight. Looking at the last game, it does look like he saw 26 minutes. But a lot of that came in, uh, he saw some end of the fourth quarter run here. Saw a decent chunk of the third quarter. So we're definitely cutting Rondo's minutes significantly from what he saw the last time out. But based on where we've got him, coming in around 90% on the uh, 9.5 PRA, we've got him projected at a 6. So if you're seeing the same thing I am for that, I think that one's perfectly safe to chase as well. Yeah, uh, I'd be less confident that just because – there is this narrative that exists that Rondo is better in postseason play, play than regular season play. I don't buy into that. But the fact that the Cavs were willing to give him 26 minutes last game, it makes me feel at the very least that I don't totally agree that this is a 98% chance to hit the under. Because if he plays those same minutes he played last game, which while it isn't likely, there is a chance it happens, he's probably going to hit the over. So there's other ones we've talked about that I feel better about. And I think there's a wide range of outcomes with Rondo's minutes. I don't know exactly what to expect. Could be in the high end, could be on the lower end. So I'd tread a little more carefully with that one. At the very least, would you agree lower confidence interval play than some of the other ones we've talked about? Yeah, definitely is a little bit fragile based on the minutes that he saw in that last game. So yeah, that's that would be the concern there if he gets a, a few additional minutes than what Alex is expecting. What about Kevin Love? It looks like he's in that high 70s range on uh, a few of these low 80s, like the PRA is an 83 percenter. Do you like uh, do you like him or is that one that you'd stay away from just on we've got him projected at 20.9 minutes versus his 22.5 minute average his average PRA was 23 and it's at 24 and a half I kind of like Kevin Love I don't love going against Kevin Love I'm not sure about that one what what would you do with that one It's another one where I understand why the unders are projected fairly likely because once again Jared Allen's back in the mix but we haven't heard anything definitive on is Jared Allen going to be restricted or not because he hasn't played in a month and a half. What is that going to mean? Is he is he going to go from not playing in a month and a half to playing 40 minutes in, in a playoff-type atmosphere? Maybe, but I don't know for sure. And because of that variance, I, I, I would just I'd prefer to stay away from Kevin Love props. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it's a, it's a little bit fragile as well there. And like I said, I just think that, you know, Kevin Love is a player who if it's not like we're undercutting his minutes so significantly anyway that it would really you know ding his probability of getting here i know it, it maths out right but to me that just that's not one that i really want to chase i'm not overly enthusiastic about that one plus you get the allen news allen was it was a finger injury right yeah it was a broken a yeah. fractured finger 
So you would think that the conditioning's probably there and it's not going to be that big of a deal and uh, he'll be out there. But I, I definitely think there's, you know, reason for concern about the fragility of the, uh, of the Kevin Love minutes projection as well. All right, that is going to do it for us guys. Like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got other content coming up today. MLB Live Before Lock, NBA Deeper Dive, NBA Live Before Lock. Check out all of that and good luck tonight.